Right. OCD, ADHD, depression, social anxiety. Do you feel these words hurt you or help you? Do you feel like you're using these labels way too much? Well, my guest today, Tony Vivacqua, is a corporate coach and author of the book, Rehab. He believes in the need for us to change the way that we use language that stigmatizes us. Words like alcoholic, disease, are emotionally charged and disempowering, fueling negative self-talk. I hope this episode inspires you to use positive language on yourself. Ready. Sophia Silva is a positive psychology coach who shares with her audiences the knowledge of leading figures to provide a roadmap for people who are interested in leading a life worth living. This is What the Flow with Sophia Silva. Tony, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. I know you work a lot with labeling and you don't agree with the way kind of things are going right now towards you're obese or you have a disease or, or ADD or depression or this and that and it's interesting uh, what do you kind of what's your opinion on that mentality of like I'm sick and I can't do anything about it well we basically teach it we encourage it from the time we're young you know we have like we're we're born through evolution with a natural instinct to be rivalrous and antagonistic mm. and competitive and then as we get older we're always reinforcing that with you're you're ugly you're fat you're yeah. a loser and so we we adapt this uh, dependency mindset and, the, and this negative self-talk and then it just sort of snowballs you know so that we're always reinforcing what's inside our heads which is always some form of self-condemnation negative self-talk negative yeah. rumination so it's in other words we're just we've created the culture where being sick is the norm like the language that yeah. we use are the most powerful drugs they're yeah. the ones that are steering and navigating our, our self-talk how we see ourselves right. how we identify ourselves right. how other people see us so we either are reinforcing our behaviors yeah. or we're changing and evolving and growing. So anything that keeps us away from that change and growing and evolving process is something that we need to self-examine and address. And labeling takes us away from that. Another thing I've noticed too, now that you're talking about that, is like we have this weird habit of if someone compliments us, like, oh, I love your shirt. It looks so great on you. Being like, oh, it's just, it's nothing. Like, oh, it, looks, it looks ugly on me. You know, like we don't like we don't say thank you. I really appreciate that. Well, we need to have more kindness and and sincerity and and genuine commentary on our lives. You know, we're either looking to connect and really make connections with right. people, right. or we're we're either managing an image mm -hmm. in which we think we're connecting, but we're really not being authentic. Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of people are just guarded and not really being themselves. Can you talk about a little bit? We were talking about exactly that right before we started filming about just being yourself and who cares if you're an outlier? Well, I think, you know, it's, it's just strange that like we are in a culture now where everything is being medicalized. So right. uh, you can't have any kind of uh, behavior that if it, if it doesn't look like it's desirable, it has to be labeled, it has to be given some kind of a disorder to it which then obviously comes with some prescription medication that can be right. now prescribed. And so people are just not ever feeling like they can just be themselves. Every behavior has to be questioned. If you have, there's an expression that someone once told me, life is hard and then you die. <laughs> so in the meantime- That's not very positive. <laughs> no, that, that isn't very positive. But the idea is to 
to live your life yeah. like it matters. And to do that, you have to experience joy, happiness, life satisfaction, fulfillment. And that the ways to do that is to, to be yourself. And, you, and the only way you can be yourself is not allow people to label you, to criticize you, right. to judge you. And so once we sort of take it upon ourselves to want to change, to want to evolve, and we look at positivity and, and growth as being the norm, yeah. then we won't feel so unusual when we're trying to change things around and people say, well, no, I'm sick. You know, I have to be sick. And, and, and they're always wanting to identify themselves in that deficit-based way. You know, I've actually been thinking about a lot about this lately is, is fear, how we do a lot of things out of fear to protect ourselves. Like uh, we, we become really, have these habits of being anxious and we're scared of this, we're scared of that. And in reality, that fear, when we get towards the end of our life and we're lying on our deathbed, we're gonna look back and think, why did I live my life like that? I didn't get the full range of experience, what you were saying, the fulfillment, the happiness and all of that. Right, because we, we're born fearful. You know, the, the brain part called the amygdala, which is the fear center and yeah. it holds our emotions. Yeah. It's like the most active brain part at birth. Oh. So if you think about it, we are born crying after yeah. spending nine months, you know, in a safe environment yeah. where we were just chilling out and relaxing. Yeah. And now we're into this new environment mm -hmm. where we're afraid. The only part of our brain that's really active is this brain center, the amygdala. And then everything from that point is sort of having to prove to ourselves that everything is gonna be safe, everything is gonna be all right. Yeah. And so we're learning how to accept that if that's a reality. But if you think of your brain as sort of like a, a supercomputer, mm -hmm. our experiences are being downloaded like software. Yeah. So our experiences get downloaded, that becomes our reality, and we learn how to act and behave, which is comfortable and familiar to us based on our experiences. So, so how can we change those behaviors? Is it something easy or difficult to do? Everything is, takes some sort of a discipline. Yeah. You, you have to make an effort. Mm -hmm. You have to want to do it. Right. Can't make anybody change. You can't make anybody, you can't really control anybody. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of the things that we do today is we, we look at a positive outcome as whether or not somebody has complied to what we want. Right. Or, or we coerce people into things, you know, or we sort right. of, we're trying to control. Then we get disappointed in them if they fail to meet what we think is the absolute way of doing things. And so I right. think we have to change that and give the person the, the information and the education that they have the power, it, that they have to reinforce their own autonomy and that they have to take personal responsibility for as much of their behavior as they can. Right. And you can learn that, but you have to want to. Right, it sounds like you're talking about learned helplessness versus not. Versus, positive psychology. Yeah, yeah versus positive reinforcement, yeah. exactly. So that once, you know, if we're told time and time again that we can't do something, then we're just gonna internalize that and believe that, which is coming from the disease model, right? Yes. Versus if we're told like, you are, you are healthy, you are whole, you are strong enough to make a change, then, then we will make that change. 
Yes, because our, we know our brain is has neuroplasticity. Yes. It can mm -hmm. rewire itself. Yeah. Well, what's already been hardwired is a lot of this conditioning and belief system right. from people basically saying you're sick or you know you're diseased or this is the label, which sort of is the more convenient and expeditious way of lumping everybody together in groups. Right. But what we're failing to understand is that we're all human, we're human first, mm -hmm. and that our life experiences and circumstances are unique to us. Mm. Nobody knows what's going on inside your head, my head, this moment yeah. on, on a cellular or a molecular level. Only we know what's going on. And so to think that I know what's going on, how you feel and whatever, is, is wrong. And so it's necessary to look at each individual as, as unique, try to understand their subjective experiences, yeah. and then you can work with that, with them, in order to help them progress and, and evolve. So how about, how does that work if I'm trying to make a change, let's say for New Year's resolution, and I want to lose weight, or I want to start working out, or I wanna start being nicer to people, I don't know. How can we, actually make those lasting changes, not just something that we do for a month. Because change is always happening. Mm -hmm. So we, we can't put these like little markers on it. Like if you were like, let's say you were doing a, a New Year's resolution to lose weight. So you're successful for, you know, a month or two. And then all of a sudden you have a stressful period of time and you go back to eating. So you gain weight. If the language in the society, if the yeah. dialogue with people who are in the health profession, your friends or even your family are saying, you failed, you, you're a loser, you have no, um, no control, no, you, know, you have no self-control. Yeah. These are what I refer to as deficit-based, negatively connotated and emotionally charged words and yeah. language. Mm -hmm. That reinforces you're already thinking in terms of your self-condemnation, beating yourself up, your, the language that you already talk about inside your head about who you are, and it just reinforces it. Well, when you reinforce it, now you're encouraging that, well, why should I even try? Or this will never work for me. Yeah. As opposed to saying, okay, keep moving. Keep yeah. moving forward. You did a good job. The fact that, how did you even do it? How did you even lose that 10 right, pounds right, in 30 days? Right, right. Wow, that's amazing. Tell me more about it. Right. That, I love that. I love that. Because I see a lot of times what people do, it's like, I'm going to start this diet. And it's like, you go intensely and that's all you do for like a week or a month. And then, of course, you're going to fail that moment that you like eat the burger or didn't go to the gym. And it's like, no, it's fine. Like, No, it's fine. It's cool. Like, it's totally normal. And don't completely give up just because of that. Right. Like, just go back tomorrow or go back when you have some time. <laughs> and that's why I'm basically against a, uh, a disease model yeah. where, where there's the all or nothing I hate that. kind of idea because there's many shades of gray. Not everything yeah. is black and white. Mm. And somebody who sort of goes, um, like if their goal, let's say, was to not do a behavior and they were to do it again, my first question I would ask somebody is, are you okay? Did you right. hurt anybody? Did you do anything? Right. And they say, no, I'm, I'm fine. Okay, good. Let's just move forward. Right. And we just keep moving forward. Right. But if we 
like focus that person now as if they created the, the, the big, you know, the sin or something. Yeah. You know, they then internalize that and then they feel shame. Now, remember a lot of like a lot of shame, all the mental health and, and, and a lot of obviously the addictive mm -hmm. behaviors are met with stigma and shame. I'm suggesting that our language and the words we use to describe that when we tell people and label them reinforces that. It, we're, it, we, to, to get them to not feel like it's something shameful, then we got to look at any positive movement that they make and reinforce that, not discourage them by coming down hard on them when they have a, a miscue, so to speak. Because yeah. everything is about growth. Right, and that's just on on that on your path towards growth. You're gonna have some little slips Peaks and falls and along the way. So, yeah. the, so to me, this going this is this is success because it's, it's part of the journey. Right. Up, down, up. But if every time you go down, you get hammered. Yeah. You know, with criticism. Yeah. Because other people want to sort of think that they have an absolute knowledge of you and what the behavior should yeah. be like and how to handle it, then I think that's the problem, you know, in more of a, of a societal. This program is brought to you by Anaheim Stoneworks, the company that has taken all the obstacles out of your way. From start to finish, Anaheim Stoneworks takes care of each and every step to give your home the unique look that you've been dreaming of. Anaheim Stoneworks. Quality from start to finish. Master Toddy LA Training Center offers authentic Muay Thai training with locations in Bangkok, Pomona, and Anaheim. For more information, visit MasterToddyLA.com. Why? Well, doesn't it also make us feel good when, when we think we're better and we have the answers and it's like, oh, you failed. Like... Just looking down on that person, like there's a there is a small like rush to that or a small feeling of being better. I think because we all have um, existential type of anxiety, yeah, fear of the unknown, yeah. You know, we we live here not really certain if there's a heaven or all this, and yeah. so we have to have belief systems, yeah. So because of that, we're sort of trained most people to need certainty or to have right. some sort of absolute thinking mm. but again life is variable it's always changing well how do you think we can deal with that uncertainty because I think that's always something fascinating that we do, we create all these rituals around uncertainty I don't think you What's, I think you have to realize that life is always changing and yeah. we our mission in this life is to live a life that matters be the best people we can be yeah. instead of tapping into the to the um, antagonisms and the rivalries mm -hmm. and the competition and the fears and the insecurities mm -hmm. and the certainties we can spend a lot of time with the growths and the change and the ev evolution of ourselves mm -hmm. self-examination kindness yeah. compassion empathy yeah. being non-judgmental contribution to others mm -hmm. If we can take that dialogue and language and teach people starting when they're young that that is really, really important, I think that'll resonate and, and have yeah. a, a rippling effect. Yeah, I think it'd be so beneficial if we had stuff like that starting in kindergarten, you know what I mean, and preschools and just having it throughout the whole education system. Absolutely, I yeah. think so too. So can you talk a little bit about your book, Rethinking Excessive Habits and Behaviors? Rethinking Excessive Habits and Addictive Behaviors, the acronym yes, is sorry. REHAB. <laughs> yes, REHAB. And the idea on it is that the, the person, the individual, is really their own place to go. 
Okay. Just like Dorothy in The Wizard of Oz, there's no place like home, and she clicks her heels. Yeah. But really, at the whole thing is sort of, um, you know, um, a mythology of that we are really all about ourselves. We have to take personal responsibility and control for our own behavior. Mm. So I give it a different perspective on how you can think of any excessive habit that's undesirable or some behavior that you're not comfortable with and how it's more of a, a learned condition. Right. You right. learned it somewhere along the line as a way to cope. Right. So we make choices because yeah. we learn certain things. We learn to cope. We don't have enough information or we don't feel we have options or our circle of influence are feeding us the same amount of information. Mm. Or sometimes it's just easier to reach Just easier. Yeah. It's always easier to take a pill yeah. and somebody to say, okay, the reason why you're very successful and rich and you have everything in your life, but you're still a, you know, being self-sabotaging mm. is because you have something in your brain. So here's a pill and that explains it and this will help you. No, I'm saying you learn to do that so you can unlearn it, you can learn new coping skills, yeah. and you can change your thinking. So instead of saying, hey, I'm an alcoholic, you can say, I'm a human being, yeah. and my life has been challenging, mm -hmm. and I'm working on trying to find better ways to cope. Right. And for the meantime, I've just been dealing with drinking as a way to do it, but now I know it's not the way to go. And I'm, I'm going to try to empower myself to change. Yeah, yeah I love that. And so, that, and so I have a, a, a section on, on celebrities. Mm -hmm. I talk about love, approval, and validation, which is really the cornerstone for We all need to be everybody. validated. Yes. Whether the person's homeless, downtown Los Angeles, yeah. where I'm from, mm -hmm. or um, in Malibu, going to very expensive rehabs, that is really the cornerstone, which keeps us connected as, as part of humanity. Yeah. And that is what I also address. Yeah. So I'm just giving, it's a general interest read, but it's just sort of more encompassing of humanity as opposed to medicalizing people's behavior and putting them into groups and boxes. Well, I think we also, we all have the ability inside of ourselves to heal ourselves and to listen to what our body needs. That's another word, reason I, I don't use and anybody that I speak with like a word like recovery because mm -hmm. recovery is suggesting that I'm always in a spot every day of what? Going back to where I was right. before I started the behavior. But I don't want to go back there. I want to change and, and understand why that happened in the first place. Mm. And then I can correct and move forward and evolve so that at a point I'm not recovering anymore. I have just grown and I have evolved as a human being. What do you think about, because you just said about surrounding yourself with people that will help you, but what if your close circle of people maybe don't understand what you're going through or they don't support you or they don't believe in it? What can you do in that situation? You know, you, you have to be true to yourself. Mm -hmm. uh, it, you can't be all things to all people and you have to do what's right for you. Yeah. Now, obviously a lot of people who are in con conventional treatments of any kind are either forced in there, coerced in there, mandated by a court in right. there, but all of those reasons are not really voluntary. Mm -hmm. So ultimately, for the majority of people, it doesn't have that big of a success rate. And, and I'm only talking success about curbing the behavior. I'm not talking about any measurable success rate 
in improving upon their positive well-being. Oh, I agree. And thriving, essentially. And thriving. And flourishing. Yeah. And flourishing. Yeah. I, I always say that when I, um, you know, when I was in high school and I was diagnosed with depression and I was going through all my stuff, I always say, because I went, I saw like a nutritionist and a therapist and they gave me antidepressants. And I always say that, you know, that helped me stop the behavior. Absolutely. And that definitely improved my life. Don't get me wrong. But it wasn't until I started practicing a lot of things in positive psychology where I actually felt like I got beyond just stopping that behavior. It was more about like, okay, I'm actually enjoying life and I'm actually developing as a human being. Right. And you see, and you see with people who are only focused on the behavior itself that they either transfer what they stop to something else. Yeah, to a Diet Coke or cigarettes or coffee. <laughs> Lots of cigarettes. Yeah. Sugar. Eating, yeah. maybe other medications, mm -hmm. and then also their their thinking hasn't changed. So that yeah. self condemnation, negative rumination, negative self talk, if that doesn't change, it doesn't really make any difference that I stop this because the quality of my life, the 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 overall positive well being, the flourishing, yeah. and the thriving yeah. is is not there. It looks like it might be there because you'll say like, okay, I feel great, I'm very successful feel in my better. work, yeah. But inside your head, that's your own world in there, and nobody yeah. can see it but you. It's a scary so, place. <laughs> it can be very scary yeah. if yeah. you don't have the right dialogue. Right. Right. So wouldn't you really rather have dialogue that talks about positivity and growing and changing and learning mm -hmm. as opposed to just saying, okay, I'm, I'm complacent, I'll accept this, this is my fate, I have no control. Yeah, my life is now determined no. by this illness. Yeah, that it's a disease, you know. See, I, I don't think that that's really helpful for the majority of people. No, I agree with you. So I, I just think education, not being more curious than just having to be right, asking questions, wanting to know more. These are just yeah. human qualities, I think, that are really good. You want to grow, you want to yeah. get better. Yes, I agree. And getting better throughout your life, improving and developing and being curious until the day you die is what I think. Yes, that's of my course. theory. Yeah. You're never done working on yourself. Never done working yeah. on yourself. Yeah. Everything's changing. There's always a curveball. Life is difficult, but yeah. that's okay. Yeah. That's part of life. Yeah. There's, yeah. It's just how we interpret it ourselves and how we experience it ourselves. And we can benefit ourselves by just using more positive language and really trying to learn how to create solutions, better coping skills, yeah. and realize that we're a human first and any difficulties are secondary. How do you suggest people keep themselves motivated to change their habits? Because we were talking about this, how you know you fail once and you feel like a failure and everybody tells you you're a failure and you just kind of give up. So how can you stay motivated if you do make that little boo-boo? Well, you, you, you have to change the way you think about it. Mm -hmm. you, know, you, have to, you have to convince yourself that you're this human being first, you have your life challenges, you have your circumstances that you want to deal with. Mm -hmm. you're, you're setting your goals, but every day's a goal. Yeah. Every, every day you're working on yourself and whether or not you, you had, a, it doesn't have to be a New Year's resolution. Don't think of it as a New Year's resolution. That's the first thing. First course of action. It's a lifestyle, right? It's a lifestyle. Yeah. Because if you're only focused on like an accomplishing a goal, you think that there's a finite amount of growth that you want to do. If, if it's December and it's the holidays and whatever, and you say, what's my New Year's resolution? 
My New Year's resolution is my everyday lifestyle resolution, which is to get better, to grow, to change. And that's what's motivating me because every day I want to be something that finds fulfillment, satisfaction, and equanimity. Not just holidays, not just New Year resolutions, but every day. And that way I can bring more joy and happiness into my life on a regular basis. I love that. <laughs> so we're actually going to end on that note because that's perfect. Whatever you'd like. Okay. Well, thank you so much for watching, guys. And thank you, Tony, thank you. for joining me. Thank you for me. having me. If you like the show, please subscribe to my channel, Sophia Silva, and follow me on Instagram or hit like on my Facebook page. And thank you for watching.